0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same.
1: So, Nick, I, I don't know where I heard this saying, but it was years ago, and I like it, that uh, comparison is the thief of joy. Um, and it seems like, the the idea of comparing yourself to other people comes up a lot in my therapy with with clients. What do you think as as uh, people comparing themselves to other people? How does that usually go over or does it does it come up at all for you in therapy?
0: Sure. Um social anxiety is the obvious okay case. Um where it comes, Although that's not necessarily the hallmark of social anxiety, but it certainly comes up a lot in therapy. There's sort of this, um, you know, someone, you get in a conversation with someone else and you start thinking about how am I coming across? How, how is this person thinking about me and my performance? And so you're kind of, there's this, yeah, comparison of what I'm doing versus how other people think I'm doing. Um, mm. And that, what that causes a lot of people to do is they get they get super in their head and then they're not in the moment like they're not in the conversation. Yeah. And they certainly don't feel good in the conversation, but they're not even very present in the conversation. Yeah. Um which then can become a self-fulfilling prophecy because they're kind of checked out and people yeah. are like what's wrong with you?
1: Well, like, we've all been there, right? Where we're we're a little self-conscious for for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. We start down a path and we're like no, no, this isn't this doesn't sound right. And then all of a sudden it's like really hard for you to even Continue yeah. talking almost, right. right? Right. It's getting really, and, and you're right. It, your attention is a resource. And so if your your attention is on what you're saying, that's great. And then half of it gets divided and you're actually thinking about what you're talking about. and, and Or thinking and judging about it, what other people think you're talking about. And then thinking about, about what other think people are thinking about. Yeah, your attention starts to get divided really fast. And yeah. there's no way to be present in that moment there's no way to be present
0: You your performance probably does decline actually
1: significantly at that point right yeah
0: yeah, yeah totally I, I mean
1: it's like texting and driving at that yeah. point right i mean half your attention's right. at one yeah
0: so among other downsides of a situation like that you certainly would not describe that uh, what could have been a interesting exciting enjoyable experience you know that that comparison could have robbed you of that joy
1: oh definitely definitely well and and in other comparisons as well, I, 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 I treat a lot of depression and, and, and one thing that's fairly common is, uh, our comparisons, kind of these comparisons about my, my life isn't as good as, or I don't, you know, so-and-so does this really well and I suck at it. What's wrong with me? Right. Um, look at everybody else in this class is, you know, doing really well and I'm not, and that means I'm dumb or that means I'm incapable. hmm And so, a lot of comparisons, I think, that still rob people of joy, um, all the time, right? I mean, it's, comparisons are tricky things.
0: Do you feel like you do a lot of comparison in daily life? I'm trying to think of myself. Like, how often do I engage in comparison? I think I
1: do. I think it's. I think that's really normal. Pretty actually. natural. I think it's yeah. pretty normal. It's just. It's just how the comparison's done and how wed to the comparison you are. I think is because. Hmm. I do a lot of healthy comparisons, I think, too. I, I, I don't just do healthy.
0: Well, but, look at you, but I Mr. I do a healthy Comparison. <laughs> I do a lot okay. of healthy what's, comparisons. W- let's get an example of, well, so, okay, so we use the uh, the anxious conversation kind of monitoring how you feel and how other people are perceiving you and as maybe unhealthy. What's a healthy comparison? Like, what's an example of healthy comparisons?
1: Mm, a healthy comparison would be maybe waiting till it's not, you're not talking. And then observing, wow, Nick is really um, proficient at speaking. And I'd like to be as comfortable as he is. Mm. And to do that, I think I'd have to work at it. And, and I wonder if I could ask Nick later how he got to be so comfortable speaking in public, you know, or uh, maybe I talked to my counselor about that. Or mm-hmm. maybe I jo- joined Toastmasters so I can be mm. more comfortable speaking in public. I think those are probably functional comparisons. That's-
0: and what makes it functional is that like the focus, <laughs> the focus is on me, not it's on how good I am, not on how bad you are compared to somebody else. Yeah. Well, I'm, you were comparing yourself to me mm-hmm. and, but in that comparison, your attention was on me, Nick, right? And the positives you saw in me, right? Not on you, Todd, and the negatives you perceived right. in you.
1: Right. It's, it's constructive rather than critical and judgmental. Mm -hmm. I think, I think is usually the main thing I point out is that, is that good comparisons are constructive Mm -hmm. and negative comparisons are are the ones you want to stay away from are those judgmental, critical ones that have that kind of, um, yeah, that critical flavor.
0: So this is a common theme in a lot of our conversations. Why? I mean, it's pretty self obvious if you're being super critical, um, it tends to not feel good. So why would you do it? Why, it? It seems obvious to me that like, yeah, do constructive comparisons. Like why, why would you just beat yourself up about how crappy you are compared to someone else? Like why do people do it then?
1: I don't know that it's a choice. I think it's something they've slid into or, or mm-hmm. you know, kind of found themselves to like a doing. habit? Yeah, I don't think they go into it thinking, well, there's constructive comparisons. and
0: Okay. So then how does someone develop that habit? Like why? If it's such an aversive thing, how would you get into it in the first place?
1: Yeah, I, won't, I mean, the same way you get into everything, you kind of just starts slow, you know, you see someone doing something better and you're like, "Dang, I wish I could do that." And I wonder, you know, man, they're, they're they're better than me. They can do that, and you make some of these small kind of judgments and it becomes a pattern, a habit of the way that you look at other things and the way you kind of think about yourself, or yourself. And you might have some underlying beliefs about your inadequacies or your insecurities and um yeah, that, the, the thing that makes them so dysfunctional, though, those comparisons, is that they really leave you no place to go, right? By the time you say, wow, I'm, I just suck at this thing. I just suck at that thing compared to Nick. He's just so much better at it than I am. Mm-hmm. Where do you go from there?
0: So I, I think what goes on in a lot of people's heads is while, yeah, maybe it's a habit and maybe it's not serving them very well now, this like intense judgmental, Comparison and, mm-hmm. and focus on how bad they are compared to someone else um, i I know from a, a lot of my more um, uh, high achieving, tightly wound anxious clients <laughs> a lot of them believe that uh, judgmentalness is motivating.
1: Mm. I've met one person my entire life that seemed to be motivated by critical judgment. Really you've never encountered anyone else who <coughs> who no, thought that? Never. Well oh I think they think that. Oh yeah. Well that's yeah, what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I've actually only met one person who was actually motivated by critical judgment.
0: Oh, I don't know. I'm I've been motivated all the time by critical judgment. That happens. By I, negative critical judgment. Sure. I oh man, I remember <laughs> I remember so many um uh like a, a, a really common one was uh in in English class in high school. I had a really a really good but a really tough English teacher in high school, uh-huh. and she she used so much red ink on my papers, and some of them were pretty pretty intense, like pretty negative. And I actively, I remember thinking, like, okay, when I was writing something new, like, I don't I don't want more red ink, like, I don't I don't want that. I know <laughs> if I, I would write something and I go, right. I know what's coming with that one, so I'm gonna erase it and do something different. So mm. I think I think stuff like that's pretty common.
1: You don't think that so? you've never experienced that? No. What? I don't don't believe you. I don't think you did either. I think (laughs) you you were motivated not to experience the red ink. You weren't motivated to do a really good job and to improve your writing and you didn't get a a love for writing that way. You were motivated not to get punished.
0: Oh, well, that's what I. Well, but that led me to becoming a better writer, which led to becoming enjoying writing more.
1: In a roundabout way. Yeah.
0: Well, that's. I mean, that's. It's not that roundabout. That's one step in between.
1: You don't. You don't. (laughs) But don't you think you would have probably gotten there faster if she just sat you down and oh, said, "Hey,
0: here's how we'll do this." Sure, like, I think in general positive reinforcement tends to work better right. than punishment. But I think punishment certainly has its place. I think it works sometimes.
1: Yeah, but it can it, it can work in those more malevolent kind of ways too, which is not a healthy thing. For so, I'm I'm like <laughs> you though. I, I would do that, and I would hate that teacher, and I would be like, "Oh, I, I don't want to experience the red ink." I'll do better, but I'm 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 going to be a little resentful and frustrated with the process. And that probably at the end of the semester I'm going to be so done with that class and that teacher that I'm Do you see my point? Uh,
0: I'm I'm I can totally see how that could happen for you, but but I think <laughs> I think it happens the other way more often than you think. Really? Yeah.
1: Well, so the, but the red ink wasn't negative. It wasn't oh, no, like it was She was pretty saying negative. you're an idiot for No, it was
0: that. pretty negative. I remember her saying I remember I remember this so distinctly. I misspelled um received the word received uh-huh. and she and i had apply, i was um I had asked her just before that I'd asked her for a letter of recommendation to um, Notre Dame. I really wanted to go to Notre Dame and she and she what she wrote on the paper was there's no way you're going to get into Notre Dame if you can't spell received <laughs> now that's above and beyond just like pointing out that I'd misspelled the word right yeah. but i that's I've funny. never misspelled received since then.
1: Uh huh. Well, I bet you wouldn't. And <laughs> it probably gives you a little anxiety when you're about to spell and that word.
0: <laughs> I, I love that teacher. I'm still in touch with her. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so, did you go to Notre Dame? No, I no. didn't get in.
1: <laughs> you couldn't spell them f- <laughs> I probably misspelled something else. <laughs> I almost dropped the F-bomb.
0: <laughs> so I I agree with you that punishment is not the optimal strategy most of the time. Mm-hmm. But I think people get into a judgy mindset because I think it does work sometimes, which I think leads people to think it will work for them in the future. <sighs> I'm, I'm trying to make the empathetic case for mm-hmm. why people do something yeah. that seems really not in their best interest.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't doubt that, that there is a um, a misconception that, that is going to motivate them somehow. Um, I really, man, I really don't think that works very well. I, I mean, and, and it may be semantical in what we're calling critical and judgmental, but by the time you've compared yourself to someone and just kind of really obliterated your own, um, capabilities, you know. If I say, "Geez, Nick's so much better in public than I am," I'm just so stupid mm-hmm. and dumb, and I just don't speak well. And and this mm-hmm. is, and I'm awful at this. Like that is not going to motivate
0: me to go. Well, hey, you know what? Yes. Yeah, so, so there's a there's a helpful distinction, I think. Even that that comment that my English teacher made, which at first blush seems like way overly harsh, there's a couple characteristics of it that are really important, I think. Point those out for me. It was it was very specific. It was about my ability to spell. It was not about me as right. a person. Right. Right? Right. And it was about a specific thing, which was getting into college. It wasn't about you'll never be able to write. Right. Or like you're a terrible person, you're dumb because no you can so it. It was a very yeah. surgical strike. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> maybe surgical. <laughs> maybe a little intense. Yeah. Right. Little... Um and and the other thing too is I didn't take it globally. I, I mean it definitely hurt it was frustrating and embarrassing in Uh the moment and I was mad at her. Right. And I was mad at myself for sure. But, but it didn't like, it didn't have this sticky quality of like, Oh, I guess I'm a crappy speller and I'll never be able to write well and I'm not going to get into Notre Dame, which I didn't. Thanks Mm -hmm. Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. If you're listening. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so I, I think that's, that's an important distinguishing. Those are some important distinguishing characteristics.
1: So (laughs) in fourth grade, uh, huh my teacher had a policy we took vocabulary quiz and if you misspelled one of the words on the quiz you had to spell it five times okay and on a piece of paper and turn that in if you misspelled the word
0: i'm imagining you like bart simpson
1: at the board in the beginning of the simpsons something like 250 times i had to spell a certain word okay i too will never forget how to spell that (laughs) word um but i remember my teacher's response was like so caring and understanding you know mm. but it was just a policy so i wasn't mad at her right so the umpteenth time i misspelled the word mm-hmm. <laughs> and she said i think you have to spell this 250 times now or something i can't remember how much it was um i wasn't upset with her and and i didn't i didn't feel hurt it was just more of a hey you can do this Look, you, this is just the policy, and you did it right so many times. Be careful, all right? I'd rather have my teacher than your teacher. Maybe. I, I would have probably never misspelled received again. But
0: don't you think there could be vast individual differences?
1: Oh, I, no, doubt, with, no, doubt, right? no doubt, no doubt. Right, for yeah.
0: lots of different people. I mean, and it probably, lots probably would have had
1: context. the same effect. It probably would have had the same effect. Mm-hmm. We're not that different. I mean, it probably would have been like, ugh. I don't know. I don't know. Right.
0: I don't think. But I don't think it's crazy to think that judgmentalness uh, can be helpful. Well, I, I don't think, can I don't think be
1: constructive criticism can be. Can I mean, obviously that can be helpful. Mm-hmm. I think the judgmental, global. I think you pointed out, fair enough. You know that when you start making assumptions about yourself or determining some kind of long-standing petty behavior, that's that's not healthy. But I think it's okay. I mean, I have clients all the time that will say, I'm, you know, I really feel like I'm not good at X. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask them, well, what evidence do you have that you're not good at X, you know? And, and they might even say, man, I, I've been told by my boss, you know, I'm not doing this well. Right. I've been told by peers. I'm not... Okay, great. Then how are you going to get better at that or right. how, do you, how do we start from there? Um, and usually they'll say, well, I just can't. I'm I'm stupid. I can't. I'm not capable. And there's the kind of judgment and criticism that I think is like yes. there's no there's that's dysfunctional. We we have no place to go from there. But that's a you're specific talking about something
0: That's overgeneralized critical. Definitely, definitely.
1: Right? Well, and I would say, yeah, yeah. And it might be a semantical thing, but the judgmental. Well, no, I think that matters because I, I think you can be very critical
0: and judgmental of a specific action or behavior mm-hmm, or a specific mm-hmm. skill set. Right. And I think there are certainly ways in which that can be helpful. It's almost always unhelpful and counterproductive when it's, because it's just not realistic when you generalize it to something super global or right. some or the future or. And,
1: yeah. And that's the type of criti- criticism and judgmentalness I'm referring to when I say criticism, but you're right. It's not. That's a specific th- form. There's definitely I mean, types of criticism that are productive. Yeah. And right. Useful. I mean, that's why people watch themselves on tape performing an activity, right? They're exactly. like hey, you're not getting, you know, a long enough stride here in this run. You're not getting you know, that's right. and that's a criticism, but yeah. it's truth. And and I think there's the distinction is is that um you, you want criticism, your your own internal criticism to to be accurate or, or truthful mm-hmm. to some degree. And that conversation should lead to some kind of positive direction or behavior. It should be productive. Yeah. 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 If, if at the end of your critical, judgmental conversation with yourself, you're feeling like you need to quit mm-hmm. or go back to bed or never leave the house, that's yeah. dysfunctional.
0: So I remember, in a, for me, one of my favorite examples of what I think was healthy um, comparison and even judgmentalness um, of myself was in grad school, I I started a wedding photography business of my own. So I started doing, um, yeah, photographing weddings for people and doing engagement shoots and bridals and stuff like this. And the first thing I did when I decided to start doing this was I I looked up other people in in Dallas, the city I was in, who were doing wedding photography. And I found this one woman who had um, what I thought were just amazing, like really awesome examples of great photography and the style was something that I, I it really like appealed to me. I right. thought it was really nice. Right. Um, and I still remember the first like, seeing all, like going through her portfolio for the st- first time online and then going back through like the few kind of wedding photos I had done and uh. just like excruciating <laughs> like how bad it was. Right. right? And, then, and, and then I remember also literally going through her, her website and downloading photos off of her website of like specific like here's like the bride and groom like kissing at the end of the ceremony and like these different poses and then i had those in a file and after my own shoots i would deliberate i would look at my photos and compare them to hers right and and look specifically and think like uh that was like that was a crappy angle like i missed the angle on that or like Mm -hmm. i should have used a flash here or i shouldn't Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was at times it was pretty harsh but it was it was about my admittedly raw ability as a photographer and it was about me improving and getting better. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so I think that hits our our qual our two big qualifications of criticism should be specific and accurate, you know, mm-hmm. realistic, mm-hmm. and then lead to uh, progress or something productive.
1: Yeah, constructive, I think, is is yeah, I think that's the, the whole point. Um often oftentimes I'll tell clients like you kind of want to sound like a uh, a sports announcer in your head, you know. Uh, someone who's announcing a, a football game says, "Hey, the quarterback threw the ball from here to there. They caught it, and they're down at this." They don't say, "That was a horrible throw from that quarter." I hate that quarterback. He sucks, <laughs> and that receiver is awfully slow. You would turn that TV station fast if the announcer did that. He just reports kind of the facts. The facts. And he might have some criticisms. He might say, hey, when this guy runs this route, he's usually, mm-hmm. you know, but that's a fact. You know, it's not right. It's not um, judgmental in any way. It's just kind of saying, hey. Um, but, yeah, you kind of want that good voice in your head like rather that. than, um, you know, a sports fan who's just going to yell <laughs> crappy things at everybody.
0: Okay, so what do you do? So you get that and these things we've talked about so I imagine someone listening saying, yeah, that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. totally. I get it. I like that analogy. How could they I like not the idea of right <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of being more realistic and specific and uh-huh. constructive in my criticisms and I try but I just can't do it.
1: Mm.
0: Like I just get stuck in that like beating myself up and like so how how do people actually start to change that? Yeah, I mean you alluded to this as a habit. It's yeah. something that we just kind of start to do automatically almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you start changing that?
1: Boy, it's so tough. First, you've got to catch yourself doing it. I okay. Think. You, yeah, so you've awareness. really got to be able to say, whoa, I'm doing that thing again, which means you just got to really kind of be attuned to it, you know, and and, and be a little bit more mindful of your headspace. And that's, I, that's a hard
0: step. Yeah, that's tricky. It I takes mean, a little time. Well, it's hard to do, for one thing, but then it's doubly hard because once you start doing it, it has this painful effect of you become even more aware of the negatives of mm, this habit. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. become painfully aware yeah. of how bad it is. Well, right?
1: once and once you're aware, though, uh, most of my clients will come back saying, "I had no idea how often, you know, I thought these these things," which is kind you of know? a terrifying realization. <gasps> what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but usually, it serves to kind of wake them up to like, "Whoa, I really gotta." Right. Um, and then once they're at that stage, I always say it works backwards. You'll have some of those instances where you'll just beat yourself up and then an hour later go, oh, I did that again. And then right then and there, I tell my clients, we're right there. Kind of go back and change those thoughts into more constructive um, criticisms, right? More productive. Even even though it's the time's passed, go mm-hmm. ahead and do that now. Um, and then pretty soon, if you're if you're attuned to it, you'll start catching it earlier and earlier and earlier. Wait, wait, wait! Devil's advocate. Why? If
0: it's already passed, what good is it going to do me to just change it in my head ten minutes after the conversation ended? I just had this really embarrassing conversation with my boss, and I, I'm super embarrassed. And they're gone for the day, and I yep. can't like, w- w- what good is me just like thinking through? Oh, I should have said this instead. Like, what's that going to do?
1: Yeah, we're practicing a different skill. Yeah, and you have to lay the, the you have to get the practice hours in there. And so it's important to start doing it, even if it, even if the moment's gone, so that you're more prepared the next time it comes around to
0: mm-hmm. do that
1: same thing, and you, and you will be. The more you practice that, whether it's the moment's gone or not, the better that you, you'll get.
0: And that is that because you're sort of like creating a stronger and stronger template in your mind, and, right. and so it becomes more accessible in right. the moment. Right. Okay.
1: You're getting reps in. Yeah. Lots and lots of reps, and then pretty soon it becomes. Um, it starts to become like a competing mm-hmm. behavior, right? Because you know oh. once that negativity starts, you're going to do the other thing too. Yeah. And eventually you just do the other thing.
0: Right. Take so, some time. So almost like any other skill where you have to go through this artificial stage of like, pra- like <laughs> I remember basketball practice and any sport really, you do drills. Yeah. Totally artificial. Yep. It's no fun. Seems weird. It's not part of the game. Yep. It's like weird and isolated and... Um, but doing that, somehow, like, just standing there dribbling with your left hand leads to you being a much more effective, fluid basketball player. Yeah. Because in that decisive moment when you realize the opponent's, like, back on the wrong foot, y- you have that muscle memory to go left. Right. Because that's the more effective move than going right.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, and, and even if you watch um, people learning how to lift weights, right? Okay. I, I was at the gym the other night there's these like younger kids there working out and one of them grabs a a dumbbell and starts doing curls with it but they're rocking back and forth and they're heaving that thing back and forth as, as hard as they can and you're like oh <laughs> and finally one of his friends gets him the preacher bar you know oh yeah and is like use this and do not you know it's and 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 put way less weight on it and his friend was like, "I can do more than this." And he's like, "Yeah, but you need to get the form down right." Right. And they also use the machine that like makes you get the form down uh-huh. right um, with less weight. But the whole idea is you got to get the form right, mm-hmm. and once you do that, you can go back to you know normal there. But but yeah, you have to you have to practice and get the reps in doing the, the right motion, and so, that's what the thought process is 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 like. You know, hey, do it again. Now that the tension's gone, now that it's easier for you to do it, go ahead and have that thought process again in a different way and get that rep in.
0: So the key is that the the kind of active ingredient in negative comparisons is your own negative, overly negative self-talk.
1: Overly negative and, and destructive self-talk.
0: Right, and so the idea is to, to start making more healthy comparisons, you need to start having more healthy self-talk. And the way to do that is to, in an admittedly artificial setting at first, practice the kind of self-talk you would like, which mm-hmm. we, we singled out as two important factors being it's specific and realistic, mm-hmm. and it's also constructive. Right. It leads to something productive and,
1: and beneficial. It leads to a behavior, I would say, instead of withdraw, <laughs> instead of avoid. Because a lot of times the overly judgmental um, just makes you want to crawl into a hole. You know, you want to kind of just quit, hide almost. Yeah, yeah. So um,
0: you kinda of clam up in a conversation instead or, of Or you just don't
1: and, engage in the conversation or you're just like, right. ah I always sound stupid, so I'm just not gonna say anything, which is an avoidant maneuver rather than hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna engage and practice the skill and I'm gonna try this and that. I mean that's a an approach kind of um behavior that I I'm much more fond of my patients engaging in than withdrawal and avoidance.
0: Hmm. Cool.
1: Comparison can be the thief of joy hey everyone Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance and if you have any feedback or comments for us that'd be great as well and if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast let us know in the comment section as well thanks